So let's just kind of settle in first and just bring our attention to the room. You said however you're comfortable, move if you need to. And just try to bring your mind present. Try to turn your attention to any sounds in the room, the temperature. Feel gravity pulling down your body, feel your contact with the floor. And just try to be a bystander. Try not to make decisions about what's going on around you. Try to simply witness. And let your senses tell the story of your experience. So hearing the clanking of the heat, hearing the horns, my voice, feeling our breath moving in and out of our airway. Any scents, any temperatures. See if you can actively surrender your responsibility. You're going to be in this room for the next 45 minutes and you will not be able to impact anything outside of this room, whether or not you spend time thinking or worrying about it. And so if it does us no good to worry, we might as well be at peace. Everything will still be there when we leave the room. If you can find a few moments of quiet, see if you can hush the inner chatter, the inner voice, the to-do list, what we have to worry about next week, what we have to do later. See if you can just hush that to silence. produce any information from within. See if we can switch for a few moments into input mode. And just let our environment create our reality. Just give over. We don't have any other duties for the next 45 minutes. hush them. Your higher self will just hush your 
imagine voice. And let those thoughts just pass like clouds. They will continue to creep in over and over again. It's our nature. Our only job is to let them pass. We don't grab onto them. We don't feed into them. We don't jump on that speeding train. We wave as it goes by. Stay exactly where we are. Start to notice the chatter as it creeps in and consciously, actively return to the breath as soon as you notice. That's why it's called a practice. We get better and better at stepping away from the chatter every time we do so. Don't let yourself get frustrated if you break the quiet. It's just a chance for us to get better at returning to our home peaceful state. Continue to return home to our naturally peaceful nature. Staying in meditation is going to ease us into our dharma with a little reflection. I want you to think about how different your body feels when you have a moment of peace from your thoughts. how our world seems to be different. Things change, so to speak. Maybe we had a bad day, things are happening, we have things to worry about. As soon as we quiet our thoughts, we are unable 
to feel the stress and the suffering and the anxiety. Because our emotions are a direct response to our thoughts. We are unable to control the emotions that correlate to our specific thoughts. If we think, I'm in danger, our body is always going to respond with cortisol. think I'm hopeless, our body's always going to respond, that feeling of depression and longing. If we're excited and elated, our body's always going to respond, those adrenaline feelings, norepinephrine, excitement. Simply our biology, our emotions are a series of hormones, and neurotransmitters. This is biology. This is not something that we can overcome by giving it away, which many of us try. However, what we can control is what we think. Those thoughts that cue our emotions, that then curate our experience and create that world or that environment inside of us. Our body will always respond to the story we are telling. And based on our perception of what's going on around us, that will dictate our story and thus our response. So while it's futile to try to suppress or avoid or control emotions that are a natural biological response to our thoughts, which I think many of us try to do, what we can do instead is turn our attention and our efforts and our work and our practice towards our thought process and change the story that we're telling ourselves about what we are experiencing in our environment. And you can tell the difference because if you think about something right now that's really bothering you, think about something really bad or that you're really afraid of or really stressed out about, as soon as you start to think about it, your body responds. But you weren't suffering 30 seconds ago. And then if you think about something that makes you super excited, think about your dream job, or your dream house, or your dream vacation, or getting that promotion you want, or winning the lottery, whatever brings you joy. You imagine that best thing that you can imagine happening to you. You start to feel joy. But nothing around us has changed. We're in the same environment. We're in the same room, the same events, the same stimuli. Which is proof in and of itself that our thoughts create our experience. If we're able to have three different experiences within the same place, in the same environment, then that is a factual proof 
that it is not dependent on our environment. If you imagine standing on the edge of a cliff, right? Imagine yourself toes at the edge, right? Maybe the top of the Grand Canyon, right off a cliff. And imagine leaning over and taking one foot off the cliff. I'm sure you feel a little bit of response there. You're really imagining it. Again, this is proof here that our inner world is dictated by our emotions and our emotions are dictated by our thoughts. Okay. Now feel free to stay in your meditation if you like. Feel free to blink open your eyes, whatever you feel best about. So this responsibility of narrating our perspective gives us power. So when we say I'm suffering because of the way I'm looking at things. A lot of people have trouble stepping into that mindset because it makes us feel a sense of guilt or like it's our fault or a sense of blame. However, if we decide that our environment exists, our experience exists, as it does, and we have no power or control, it's not us, it's everything else. Sure, maybe we're, we're guilt-free or blame-free, but that means we have no power. We have no power, we have no control. And taking accountability is not blame, it doesn't mean you did something wrong, it just means that we recognize that there is an opportunity to take control here. There's an opportunity for us to find peace where we're suffering. There's an opportunity for us to find growth where we had loss or find strength where we had limitations. So thinking of it that way gives us a little bit more power and makes us feel like we're in charge of our lives. And as a culture and society who's plagued by anxiety and depression, a lot of anxiety, I mean there's a million different kinds, but a lot of anxiety stems from feeling like we don't have control and we panic. So when we start to step into this perspective shift where we say, is this really bad or is it the story that I'm telling myself? We start to get control and we start to trust ourselves because we say, it doesn't really matter what happens to me because bad things can't really happen. I mean, barring like the extreme, of course, we're gonna have sadness and that doesn't mean that our feelings are um, invalid. We certainly wanna make space for our sadness and our loss and those are completely valid experiences. But when there's things that could kind of go either way, like how much can we really make into a positive experience? We can start to look at that and start to take control, right? So in order to believe that we can rewrite this narrative, we also have to believe this concept that nothing exists inherently outside of us. And it's something that took me a, a really long time to wrap my head around, because it's a very trippy concept, kind of very um, metaphysical, I guess, that 
what we're seeing is only from our perspective. So if you stood on that side of the room and I stood on this side of the room, we're looking at the same room, but you're gonna see something different than me, right? So by realizing that nothing inherently exists, we can say that I can rename this however I choose, right? So for example, this is one of my favorite examples, a job at McDonald's, okay? If we had to work at McDonald's as a successful career woman, we'd probably be really upset, right? That would be a big step backwards for us. We wouldn't be challenged. We would have wasted all the work and time and, and growth, et cetera, et cetera. I would be very upset if I was working at McDonald's, very upset. However, maybe somebody who, I don't know, just got out of prison or who just came to this country and just needs to feed his family or somebody who was homeless and got the opportunity for a job at McDonald's, that would be literally a blessing from God, right? And some things are easier to see that way. Um, I think it's easy for us when we think about people. A lot of people will be like, oh, I like so-and-so. Somebody else will say, oh, I hate them, right? So, yes. right, right? <laughs> so is the person good or bad? And we spend a lot of time on who's right or who's wrong. But everybody has their own experience. Some people are standing on one side of the room, some people are standing on the other. And we have the opportunity to walk to the other side of the room if we want, if the view's better, right? We have the opportunity to be excited about the McDonald's job if we so choose, right? So nothing has an existing identity as good or bad. Now there's gonna be some things, of course, like a loss of a family member or something, God forbid, of course, it's not gonna be something that we're happy about, right? Of course, there's, there's certain things in life that are not going to be pleasant. Um, but there are a lot of things that we really can change, especially the everyday things, right? I also think about something like chocolate. Do you like chocolate? Yes. Okay, I love chocolate. <laughs> now, chocolate, you have a little bit of it, it's amazing, right? It's the best thing in the world. Chocolate is great, chocolate is delicious, chocolate is wonderful. If you ate 10 pounds of chocolate, how would you feel about chocolate? You'd be done. You'd be over it, right? And, and it's, it's good in moderation. Exactly. So it's chocolate. Now, it's going to make you sick, right? And it's going to make you feel nauseous. You're going to not be in good shape. So is chocolate bad? Or is chocolate good? Neither. Neither. Right. Depends on your experience with it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, small examples like that make it easier, and I think we just have to kind of work from those small examples and then build it up and up and up. Um, because it's easier to see on a smaller scale, but just take whatever we can grasp that, wherever we can find that alternative story, um, and then build from there. And a lot of times, even for myself, I work through it and say, how else could I write this story? How might how somebody else see this? Or how am I... Um, I think about this if I was in a different scenario, right? Or thinking about it as the person getting the job fresh out of prison or the homeless guy. Like, how could I look at it like that? How could this be an opportunity? And a lot of times I have to kind of lie to myself until I believe it, right? And yeah. that was like for a long time, I just had to tell myself that story until I believed it. And eventually I did. And then eventually that became a practice. And I started to naturally go to that story. Um, a couple times, 
uh, I got fired from a job not too long ago. And no, it was a while ago, a couple years ago. But I got fired, and fortunately, I was in this practice. It was kind of new, but you know, getting fired from a job is that bad? Yeah. Could I have looked at it and, and told myself the story of this is the end, I'm a failure, something's wrong with me, I'm being rejected? Yeah, of course. And did I have some of those thoughts? Yes, absolutely, I'm human. But rewriting that story to say, okay, this is the end of my job, but what does this, there's, there's a loss of something, but with a loss of something, there's a presence of something else. Or with one absence, there's a presence of something else. Everything. So yeah, maybe I lost money, but I gained freedom, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I lost you know, the role that I had, but now I gain opportunity for a better role, right? And the job after that was way better, right? Changed my life. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. So like I said, so there's, there's easier things to start with, and I think we just have to take it little by little and just practice looking at things and say, you know, even a little situation where we're frustrated, how could somebody else, you know, take this differently? Or how could I take this as a different experience? How can I rewrite this story? Um, and even with our relationships or with people, when they do something bad or negative or hurtful to us, it's easy to look at it as a sort of victim or saying they did this to us, right? Because we're the one experiencing it. So of course, we don't have the ability to experience everyone else's experience and see from afar. Like if you see somebody else treat another coworker poorly maybe, you say like, oh, that guy's just a jerk. It's easy for us, right? And it's hard if you're the person that feels targeted, you're like, oh, they're doing it to me. And that's because we can only see from where we are. So if it's happening to us, we can only see from our world. So it's harder for us to step outside of ourselves, but that's what we have to do. Change perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes down to um, compassion. And no matter how cruel or awful or nasty or selfish somebody could be, we can always find a reason to be compassionate for them as recognizing whatever source of pain they have that is causing them to act this way. And I feel in my teaching, a lot of people refuse giving compassion because they feel like it gives the other person permission to do something wrong or it absolves them of the responsibility of doing something wrong or it says it's okay not at all you still notice it you know you still notice the behavior you still don't have to accept it you still take whatever action is necessary in that circumstance that your boundaries remove yourself whatever the case actively but then within you if you can give that person compassion if you can look into your mindset and say okay why might this person who's also a human be unkind because no one is unkind unless they have unkindness of their own heart right suffering pain something unhappy you have to have something before you can give it and we don't even have to speak the compassion to them we don't even have to say it's okay that you did that i mean you must be having a tough time Mm -hmm. you don't have to it's for us it's for us to be free of feeling like the victim. It's for us to relieve our own suffering. Because when someone's mean to us, like if they do something bad to us, we hurt, right? Like they do it to us and we're the ones suffering. 
So the compassion is not for them. It's not forgiveness. I mean, that's up to you. But it's to bring an understanding. And when you see them as a human, as somebody who's hurting, it's so much easier to soften your heart. And, and I don't want to say pity, but again, just that compassion, that kindness to free us from feeling like they did it because they wanted to hurt us or because they wanted to see us suffer, right? There's no objective or there's no value in somebody hurting someone else unless it's of their own pain because they don't feel what we feel. So they don't actually gain anything from us suffering except for just their own sort of beliefs, right? Or their own just warped views and delusions about what's going on. Again, which is what we're, we're talking about, right? So we can really free ourselves of that compassion, or free ourselves of that suffering with compassion, right? Even somebody screaming on the train, right? I saw a girl yesterday on the one train, I was getting off and somebody squeezed in between the doors and, you know, was holding up the train. And the woman on the train screamed in the face of the, the lady and was like, I'm gonna smack you upside the head. I mean, screamed in her face, right? And I can imagine that the woman who's getting screamed at feels so hated, mm-hmm. right? And we internalize that and we associate that with our identity, like we did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you did, right? Sometimes yeah. you did, um, but that's okay. But that's, you know, a different conversation with yourself. What do I need to, to you know, take responsibility for? But when it's this sort of hatefulness, um, you know, I just think maybe that woman is late for a doctor's appointment with, you know, her son who has leukemia, you know? Maybe if she's late to work today, she's going to get fired and she can't feed her three kids. I'll never know the story, but then what does it matter? Why wouldn't we just always choose that story? It's not going to affect anything outside of me. And I don't know the difference. And I'll never know why she was angry. But if I tell myself that it's something human that she's hurting, then I don't feel like she's being hateful. I just see pain and hurt in other humans, and then my heart just wants to help. And then I don't feel like it's a negative world or I'm being targeted or I'm the victim. And that's how we free ourselves of that suffering, that it's not about us, it's about that person hurting. So, you know, keep room for those emotions when we do have something negative. Give yourself space, of course, to feel. And especially, you know, there's so many circumstances that are so different. But we have to be careful not to identify with those emotions. Just like when we're meditating and we have the thoughts passing. We have to be mindful that all of our emotions and even just circumstances, they're all a season. And we are like um, a lake that has ripples that go through it. The ripples are not the lake. The ripples are happening within the lake. They are an occurrence within the lake, within the space that are you know, muddying the waters, but they are not the water. We're the water and emotions kind of pass through. You can think of it like the cloud um, in the sky. Our emotions pass through and we have to be careful not to identify with negative emotions like stress or anxiety or depression or loneliness um, or on the other hand attaching to you know um, ego or pompous you know importance or anything like that of course on the other end Um, but we have to be careful not to identify with those and understand that our natural state is peace 
right? And that's kind of what we were getting to in the meditation that without our thoughts telling us that we're suffering, with our perspective saying, this is a bad situation, I'm suffering, I'm lonely or I'm depressed because of A, B, and C, and I'm not in control of the situation, right? That's when we start to suffer and we say, I am depressed, I am anxious, I am sad, or I'm an anxious person, I'm a depressed person, I'm a lonely person. And it becomes our identity and we A, get used to that, and B, using that language with ourselves stops us from feeling empowered that we can never get out of it. Or it also becomes sort of like our personality and we don't want to let it go because we don't know who we are without it. There's a lot of people that hold on to trauma or pain because it's who they are and they don't know anything without it. Same thing with people who have anxiety too. They don't know who they are without it. It's part of their personality. And this could be for anything, for any feeling. So being able to recognize the fact that we're telling that story gives us that power to um, control it and change it, right? So, you know, looking at these obstacles as opportunity and redirecting that thought process, how can we rewrite that story, right? So I'm going to have us step into another little meditation and we're going to kind of practice and see if we can think of one now that we can rewrite the story. So you can sit however comfortable, however's comfortable. Awesome. So, sitting nice and relaxed. I want you to again center your thoughts. See if you can find that home base, that neutral space. Our spiritual homeostasis, I like to call it. Our natural peace. something external that's bothersome to you. Something that either weighs on your mind or brings you frustration. Maybe not something too tiny, but maybe something not too big either. Something medium. Either a person that frustrates you or a situation or an event, maybe something that feels unfair, maybe somewhere you feel stuck. And I want you to think about how you describe that circumstance. How would you describe it to somebody else? Imagine your best friend or a family member or coworker that you'd be chatting with and you're telling them about this person or circumstance or event or situation that brings you this dis-ease.
Notice your language. How many things about the situation are you describing as part of the problem that are outside of you, that exist in your environment? Words. Think about how much. Hi, this is 6.30 session until 6.30. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then take on my shoes. Wait a minute. And think about how much power you're putting in the other people, the other circumstances. How are your sentences framed? in a way that it sounds like everything exists that way, like it's permanent, like it's out of your reach, like it's other people, it's other places, it's other circumstances, it's other things. And I also want you to take notice of how this is making you feel. To make you feel stressed, frustrated, angry, desperate, hopeless, nervous, angry. And I want you to try to rewrite that story. Tell your friend again. Tell your buddy the same situation that's bothering you. And I want you to reframe it only as I'm choosing to see. or the way I'm perceiving it is. Or I need to move my mindset too. Retell that story as an opportunity. How could that be positive from somebody else's view? Maybe not even you. How might somebody else in a different circumstance see this as a positive? Maybe not even a positive, just an opportunity, a chance to grow, a chance to reroute, a chance to redirect. How could this be a lesson? How is what's happening outside of us, mirroring back to us, something that we have not resolved, something that we are not taking accountability for, somewhere that we didn't prepare ahead of time, somewhere that we didn't speak up, somewhere that we didn't set boundaries, or that we didn't take a chance, or we didn't try enough time.
can you change this situation to be something that's within your power? I want you to reflect this way going forward when you have a frustration, maybe even write it out. Write out the story or the narrative that you're telling yourself. And then look back on those words and circle those parts where you're putting power in other people's hands, other circumstances or the environment or limitations. And rewrite that to put it back in your power. What is it that you're doing or not doing that's keeping you or putting you in this situation? Or stopping you from being in the situation you want to be in? And how can this obstacle or frustration or conflict be a teacher for you? Every time somebody annoys us, it's our teacher for patience. Every time somebody's cruel to us, they are our teacher for compassion. Every time we are limited or we have an obstacle, it's our teacher for resourcefulness and creativity. I want you to reroute and rewrite those stories for yourself. Even if you have to lie to yourself at first, you'll begin to believe it and you'll start to change this narrative upon immediate response going forward the more you practice. Take a moment, retell your story again to your friends, the positive way. The part where you have power, the part where you have accountability and you have the chance to change something about the situation where it's either an opportunity for growth or there's somewhere that you could be changing your mindset or making a different choice that could bring you peace and solace. Tell your friend again. I want you to notice how your body feels different this time. Maybe lighter. Maybe less tense. Maybe a little freer. And if you feel any difference from the first and the second, if you didn't yet, it's okay, you will. But any change is you taking power over your freedom. You just changed your experience. You changed the entire world inside of you with the same situation. Nothing changed outside of you, but what you change is your perception and the story you're telling yourself, and thus your emotions that respond to it and your experience. You have different emotions that respond to, I'm being looked over, I'm being treated badly, as opposed to, this is a chance for me to step up. This is a chance for me to show myself how strong I am. It's a completely different response, completely different experience. I just want you to resonate on that for the last few moments. Remind yourself of the power you have. And as you tell yourself, I am powerful, I am in control of my experience, repeat it a few times. And I want you to imagine chains that are wrapped around your ankles and your wrists and your neck and your waist, 
start to fall away every time you say it. breath in, and as you exhale, the last bits of those chains fall away, and you're free.